Welcome to the What the Flip podcast hosted by Jeremy. Don't let the name fool you. We talk about all things real estate investing in less than 30 minutes. Learn how I did fix and flip, buy and holds, apartment complexes and beyond all from this podcast. Stay tuned. Hey guys, super excited to have Aaron Ayers on the podcast today. Newbie investor who had to overcome a lot of hurdles to get his first deal done. Talks about paying off bills and how he repaired his credit and dropped some awesome tips for how to do that. So stick around. Hey guys, welcome to What The Flip Podcast. Today we have Aaron on. Uh, I'm excited to have you. I appreciate your time, brother. Uh, Thanks for coming on today. Uh, So for those of you guys that don't know Aaron's story, uh, just a little bit of background and I'll let him take over is that um, him and I kind of connected before he got into uh, real estate investing. Um, and then he kind of took some tips that I gave him and ran with it. So uh, Aaron, do you mind giving us a little bit about your your background on real estate investing? Yeah. Well, first off, hey, Jeremy, uh, thanks for having me on. It's an honor. Um, love what you're doing. And, and definitely, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, my real estate investment story, or I guess uh, how everything started was, yeah, like kind of like you said, I I've talked to a lot of people, people like yourself, uh, regarding real estate, regarding investing. Um, And it was something that ultimately I I grew a passion for after doing a lot of research, talking to people, seeing how it changed uh, people's lives. Um, But really, you know, I would say my first introduction to to real estate investing was through a game of Monopoly in college. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, the whole Monopoly concept in the past when I played when I was little, um, I didn't I didn't really get the concept or I didn't grasp the concept at first. Uh, But when I was in college, you know, it was like, you know, when you would purchase a home or you or you owned a certain space um, and you put a home on there and people had to pay you rent. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, this is what I'm doing right now in college, right? I have a rental house that I'm living in and, and somebody I'm paying rent to every single month. Um, they're just collecting. Um, and the more they have, the more money they're getting. So that's where it kind of clicked and was like, hey, I think maybe I should do something like this. Still didn't take the leap right away. Uh, but ultimately, through conversations with with people like yourself, I was able to uh, to, to take the leap. And uh, here I am. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's funny that we equate, you know, games and you don't really kind of put two and two together. And then, yeah, as you get older, you're like, oh, this, this is pretty straightforward as far as like I buy something, I rent it out and hopefully I make more than money than I, what I bought it for. Um, so with your getting into real estate investing, kind of like what was your first thought? What was your goal in the beginning? Like when you're trying to research, what were you trying to figure out um, in order to kind of make that leap? Yeah, so I'll start off with my goal. So my ultimate goal was to make enough money in real estate to, uh, I guess, match what my current uh, salary was with my job. You know, I I worked for uh, a telecommunication company, Verizon, and, um, you know, I I wanted to be able to to match what I what I was currently making. Um, My my I guess one of the first things that I did as far as for research was um, I started to listen to podcasts. Um, I started to talk to real estate agents. Um, and then I started to read books, uh, books that were recommended to me, um, podcasts that were recommended to me, um, and just really talk to people. I think that's, that's one of the biggest things for me was actually talking to people who worked with people who were investing or who were actually investing themselves. Um, so by doing those things, you know, it really, it, it helped me with understanding just that baseline knowledge of of what 
I could do and what I could be doing. Yeah. But it also gave me uh, encouragement to know that there were other people that are actually doing this. It wasn't something that somebody in this book was doing or was selling me or anything like that. So, so uh, was there a, a book or a podcast or a person that you talked to that you're just like, this makes sense. Like I can jump into it. Like what, what kind of triggered you from doing the research to thinking, Hey, this is something I can actually do. Yeah. So I would say the book that I read, um, obviously is, uh, the rich dad, poor dad. I think everybody <laughs> reads that book. The staple, yep. <laughs> That's like the foundation of, of real estate investing. Um, it, to be honest, I read that book halfway and then I got bored with it and I did not finish <laughs> that book. And then after listening to a bunch of podcasts, I went back and I read the, the book again. Um, I was like, so I don't know that, if you're allowed to say that. If you're allowed to- <laughs> <laughs> I know everybody's probably like, what? But uh, no, yeah. So I'll be honest. That's my honest moment right there. But uh, as far as people that I talk to, um, so yourself was one of the ones who, who really helped me with um, understanding what all came and investing. I remember we were sitting there at that, uh, I think it was a coffee shop. Oh yeah, right? the coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Me, you and my wife and I had my iPad and I'm sitting there taking down notes <laughs> verbatim, everything you were saying. Um, and, and really just going home that day and me and her dissecting it and like, Hey, do you think we can do this? And, and she was on board. She said, I think we can do this. And, you know, it was one of the things I wanted to do after all the research. And I think that was really the day that pushed me over the, I would say the ledge to take that leap of faith to, to start investing or start prepping myself to invest. Nice. So with, with that kind of knowledge and, and that, you know, kind of ready to move forward with it moment what was your next step after that like what where did you go from okay I'm ready to do this to okay I I need to contact these people I need to do this like what was your next thing that you did after that yeah so the next thing that I did um so I was I was in the transition of uh switching switching roles in my job right um and one of the things that I was considering was was moving out of state um, and then a job offer came where I had the opportunity to move out of state. And it was that moment where I had to realize what we wanted to do. Did we want to, we already purchased a house, I believe four years prior, no, two years prior to that. Um, and it was like, hey, do we sell this home? Do we rent it out? Like, you know, what makes the most sense? Yeah. Um, and for us at that time, based on, you know, Colorado's market, that's where I'm from, I'm from Colorado, that's uh, home for me and my wife at the time, um, we realized that, you know, selling our home was probably going to be better for us uh, in the long run to start our real estate investing. Um, you know, where we lived, we, we looked up average rents, what we could get for renting a place like ours out. And it just didn't make sense with the type of loan that I had on the home. Okay. Um, so it was a VA loan um, where I didn't have to put anything down. Um, so in order for me to make some money, um, I would have to charge outrageously high rents. And, and I doubted that I could get that type of rent in that area at that time. So we sold the home, um, got some cash from, from selling the home uh, based on the equity and uh, utilized that cash to, to really go in and, and get our first investment. Okay. And for the listeners that don't know, so Colorado, the market has appreciated significantly in the last you know 10 years. And so 
Uh, any one of us who are lucky enough to buy a home within the last 10 years have seen some good appreciation. So so from what it sounds like is you sold the home, you're able to take that cash. And then from there, you're able to really start looking at you know how to make that money work for you. So exactly. what, what were some of the deals that you were first looking at? Were you looking at single families? Were you looking at multifamily? Was there a goal like price per door that you're looking at or, or cash flow that you wanted? Yeah, so uh, we started off looking at single families. Um, and we were looking in Colorado. Um, we were looking in other markets as well. We had just moved to Texas. We were looking in Texas, um, in the Houston area. Um, and as far as price per door, you know, I didn't, I didn't have all those details together. I, I think we were just really just looking at, you know, cost of homes and yeah. then also cost of rent, like what you can get for rent out there. Um, but then after talking to a bunch of people, yourself, some of my other uh, friends who are into real estate investing, and then also listening to some podcasts, you know, we kind of figured out what that benchmark would be as far as price per door, right? We, we might want to shoot for at least $100 to $200 uh, per door of, of, of cash flow, what we were looking for. So I, I set that benchmark or maybe threshold of $100 plus uh, for price per door um, to, to really meet our goals so okay uh, so yeah single families to start out okay so at least trying to shoot for you know a hundred dollar cash flow per door uh with the single family okay that makes sense um so with that like you've been in it for basically a year now right as far as do you mind telling us how that first year has been like what what have been some of the eye-opening things about being a a real estate investor and and what's some Mm -hmm. stuff that you're like man i really wish i would have known that in the beginning yeah, so been in it for a year now. Um, it's it's been it's been great. I haven't had too many crazy, uh, bad landlord stories yet. Um, so I'm hoping that it stays that way. But I know that uh, eventually it could. It, I'll probably end up having some of those stories. Um, I would say the the biggest thing that I learned, or I guess one of the experiences that, you know, it it's not it's not as hard as people make it seem to be, right? I think if you do your research um, and you just make sure that you're crossing all your T's, dotting your I's, um, that you can really find a good deal and and you can make it work. Um, I was expecting, (laughs) in all honesty, I was expecting it to to go all over the place when it comes to negotiation of the property. I was expecting, you know, things to come up last minute as far as, uh, let's just say rehab, uh, yeah. plumbing, you know, roofing to go bad. I was expecting a lot of things because I've heard stories, right? You yeah. hear these stories sometimes that, you know, a lot of things go bad, but um, those are things that I was expecting. Um, I would say the, the biggest surprise for me was uh, just all the internal pieces that are moving around, right? You're, you're dealing with the, the seller, you're dealing with the real estate agent, you're dealing with um, the title company, the bank, um, and all the documents that you have to provide, um, all the different things that you have to do to, to get it going and to finally say, hey, I own this property, let's get these <laughs> rents. Um, that was like the biggest eye-opener for me um, as far as all the intrinsics uh, that were moving, moving with the process uh, to get started. So let's, uh, let's take a step back here with, okay. so with the process and everything like that, was there a point in time before you even bought your first property where you're like, this is just a lot of work and how'd you move past that? 
Yeah, there, there was. I would say probably once I, I talked to the lender um, regarding credit score, debt to income ratio uh, to make things work, right? Um, when I was in college, I'll be totally honest with you, like I, I was not focused on my credit score. You know, I wasn't focused on I don't no. think any of us were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All I cared about was partying and, and trying to get good grades, right? Um, so, yeah, I think that was one of the biggest things for me was, was trying to make sure that I got my credit, my credit score to where it needed to be. Um, and having that conversation with my lender, you know, especially in front of my wife, right? Because me and my wife, we didn't really talk about stuff like that yeah. uh, prior. It was like, you know, a, a real moment for myself and for her. Um, and, and I had bills that I needed to pay off that, you know, I was just paying the bare minimum, um, okay. getting, you know, high interest rates and all that <laughs> stuff. And, and she's like, what the heck are you doing? I mean, her family, uh, they come from a finance background. So she had all that, that knowledge, um, already, but, you know, we never talked about that stuff prior. So, you know, when she, it was a rude awakening for both of us when, when we started talking to the lender about credit score and what we needed to pay off to, to make it happen. So without giving us too much information on your, your personal credit score, do you <laughs> no mind problem. telling us like some, some tips and tricks maybe you learned about improving your credit score over that time period? Yeah, pay your bills. <laughs> <laughs> no, so yes, pay your bills definitely uh, is one of them. Uh, another one would be, you know, if you have uh, credit cards that you're utilizing and uh, they have high interest rates um, and you have an outstanding balance, um, those are the ones you probably should attack uh, first and try to get those paid down and, and don't pay just the bare minimum, right? Utilize your credit as a resource. So one of the things that I started to do was if I didn't have the money to buy it, then I wouldn't put it on a credit card, right? Yeah. So I utilize credit cards for groceries because I knew I had the money to buy that um, and then I would pay it off right away. So that was one of the biggest things. Um, I also did a lot of negotiating with, with credit card companies, right? If I had anything that was in collections, um, instead of letting it stay in collections and trying to pay it down, I, I called and, and negotiated with them. Hey, you know, this is what I can pay, you know, to, to close this out, to get this um, reporting positive or at least paid off. Um, so I did some negotiating as well. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me was to make sure that, um, that I was really honest with myself and I had a budget. The budget was a big thing for me to know what was coming into my bank account every month and know what was going out was the biggest eye opener for me because I was spending money on fast food left and right when I had a, a refrigerator full of groceries. So <laughs> getting, getting the budget together was, was great for uh, increasing my, my credit score and helping us pay off some of the debt. That's awesome. So the, the negotiation with the credit card companies, did that go better than expected? I know a lot of people are kind of nervous to call their company and, and ask them to, you know, for some debt relief or to, to work on the payments. Yes. I, hey, I will recommend anybody who is in collections or has an outstanding balance and, and they want to negotiate, do it. Um, I was nervous about it at first, not going to lie. Um, I was in sales, so I was used to talking to people and trying to talk people into buying stuff. But when it came to my credit score, I was nervous, which was weird. But <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as I got them on the phone and I started talking to them, you know, they were willing to work with me. So it, it was one of those things where, you know, once you, you know, break that, 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 uh, that wall down of, of fear, 
um, it went really well. Like I was able to get three of my credit cards that were outstanding. One was in collections. I was able to get that literally over 75% down uh, oh, wow. based on negotiations. Um, and, and I don't know how, but it, it worked. And when I, I did not believe it. And then when I finally got the paid off uh, letter in the mail, I was like, oh my goodness, I got to awesome. tell everybody about this. <laughs> so I told all, I told all my friends, all my college friends, Hey, if you're in debt, if you have this, call them, negotiate, um, it might work. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, yeah, that's an awesome thing to hear. Cause you always hear, but, uh, you don't really hear from people who've done it. So it's awesome to yeah. hear that it actually works. Um, so with, uh, do you mind telling us a bit about your first deal? I know that you have a couple of properties now under your belt. You just signed on one the other day. Congratulations on that. Yes, um, thank you. from thank start you. to finish with your first deal, you know, from finding it to actually getting a renter in there. Can you just give us kind of an overview? Yeah. So it's my first deal that I actually closed on came from an opportunity. So I was in the process of buying a, a home. Um, and that deal went south. The, the seller didn't want to do any of the, the repairs that we requested. They originally said they were going to do. And then once the list came over, um, the seller kind of backed out and, and gave us an excuse that she didn't want to, uh, to, to work with us because of that. Um, so it was very discouraging because that was my first deal where I had submitted an offer. The offer was accepted. And, and then everything started to, to crumble, right? Okay. Um, so yeah, that kind of discouraged me and it almost made me feel like, oh my God, is this, is this gonna even work, right? Are we doing the right thing? Um, we're in over our heads. But the opportunity came where um, a friend uh, was, was selling a property, right? And the property wasn't on the market quite yet, but uh, I knew that I was interested in purchasing a property. They understood that I uh, was looking at investing and, you know, reached out and was like, hey, you know, have you ever, uh, I have a property that I'm going to be selling, um, just doing some rehabs on it right now. It'll be ready, you know, within the next couple months. Here's the numbers and you can look at it, run the numbers, make sure, you know, you guys are good with it um, and, and let me know. And uh, it, we ran the numbers. I talked to my wife. We ran the numbers. We did uh, look at the rents in the area um, and the numbers were right. It was where we wanted it to be. So we were like, yes, let's do this. Let's do it. It was somebody who we trusted too, right? Which, which made it even, even helpful. Um, so that's kind of how that first deal started. Uh, eventually went to closing, um, went and got the inspection. Everything came back great. Um, well, I would say great. There was a couple things to be done, but everything went over smoothly with after talking to the seller. Um, I'm not going to tell you some of the other intrinsics because that's going to be part of uh, my uh, my moment at the end. Uh, but <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, it did go good. It went good. It went smoother than the first initial one that started to discourage me, that first initial uh, investment property that we were looking at getting. Um so after that, we got the property, we closed on it, it was ours. We worked with a property manager that was in the area. And this is a long distance uh, uh, property. We are not, the property's not in Texas, it's in uh, Kansas. Um, so we worked with a property manager who it was been, has been phenomenal. Um, and she was able to get somebody into the property right away. She already had somebody set up and ready to go actually. So 
from day one of us owning that property, we've been able to collect rent, cash flowing rent. Nice. And if, if you don't mind telling us, um, how much are you making on that as far as cash flow goes after everything? Yeah. So after obviously the mortgage, insurance, uh, you know, us being conservative with uh, property management and then also just, you know, wear and tear repairs, uh, we're making about $320 monthly off cash flow. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. great. It's great. Well, uh, so I don't want to take up all your time, so I'm definitely appreciating this great conversation, but I want to get to the the question everybody wants to know is what is your WTF real estate moment? What's something that you came across that you're just like, well, I won't use the words, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> WTF. Uh, so my WTF moment goes to that first, the deal that, that I eventually were, was able to close and, and get the, the property cash flowing at that 320 was when we were, we got the inspection done on the, on the property, right? The inspection comes back um, and they tell us, hey, these are just a couple of things that need to be done. So we started talking to the seller, like, hey, these things need to be done. So it's like, hey, I paid to have these things already done. So then we got the, the people that were doing the construction to come out there and to make sure that things were done correctly. When we, when the appraiser came and did the appraisal, the appraiser, I don't know what was wrong with this appraiser, but the appraiser was acting like he was the inspector. So the appraiser's like literally going through with a checklist, like, no, this needs to be done. This needs to be done. We're not closing if this isn't done. And I'm having conversations with this appraiser. Hey, I thought your job is to appraise the property and tell us what it's <laughs> worth, right? That's what the appraiser does. But this appraiser, I don't know, I had a chip on his shoulder and, and he went in there like he was the inspector, like it was his investment um, and, and was saying all these unnecessary things that need to be done, even though uh, myself and the and the seller had already negotiated. We, we had everything that we wanted on contract. Um, so that was my what the F moment where <laughs> I was almost discouraged to 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 be like, yo, I don't think this is going to work. I'm not going to close on this. Like my real estate dreams are are going to shatter. Like, oh my God, I'm going to get a side gig working at Starbucks uh, as a barista. So <laughs> yeah, so that was my, my what the F moment um, uh, that, that kind of shook my shook my uh, my confidence in real estate. But eventually it was, uh, we got the deal done and we made it happen. Nice. Yeah, I, I think everybody comes across one of those at some point in time, but it, it sounds like what some conversations with the lender and some with the appraiser and you guys were able to come to some kind of agreement? Yeah, so multiple conversations with the lender. The lender was having conversations with the appraiser. Um, we had to make sure that we had a lot of documents uh, of the things that were done. Um, and then also receipts uh, were needed as well of, of all the work that had been done. Um, and then it just came to, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of crazy because I, I, I'll reach out to people and I'm not supposed to. So I was reaching out to the appraiser, like, listen, tell me what needs to be done. Tell me what you need. Um, Cause I hated going through like that middleman type of uh, scenario. So eventually we got it done. Yeah. It, yeah. It, me, me bothering that person maybe helped out just a little bit, maybe <laughs> speeded up the process. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it sounds like you just got to take it into your own hands, really. You do. You do. I agree on that. Yes, sir. <laughs> so uh, what's what's a good place, if you don't mind people reaching out to you, or they have any more questions about, um, you know, real estate or even, you know, the credit stuff was awesome. Um, yeah. So if they have anything that they want to ask you, where can they reach out to you? 
Yeah, so uh, you can reach out to me uh, via email. My email address is uh, my first and last name. So Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, my last name Ayers, A-Y-E-R-S, 21 at Gmail. So Aaron Ayers, 21 at Gmail. Um, you can also reach me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. My Instagram name is Aaron 21 Ayers. Um, yeah, give me a follow. Uh, I'm on pretty much most platforms, Facebook and Twitter, but I'm starting to make my Instagram uh, guided around obviously family, but also real estate and real estate investing. So um, because it's a passion of mine. Nice. So, yeah. Give me a follow. Well, I definitely appreciate it, man. Yeah. If you guys have any questions, please hit him up. Uh, he's pretty open about that kind of stuff. But uh, thanks again for your time today, man. I appreciate it. Hey, Jeremy. Thanks again for uh, having me. Uh, love the show and uh, excited uh, where it's going. And uh, yeah, have a great, oh, Merry Christmas. Oh, Happy yeah. New Year. Merry Christmas. I almost <laughs> forgot. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, man. Yes, sir.